everybody grab your things, get your ticket because we're hopping back on the Shea Station train. Welcome back to the Mets podcast brought to you by John Boy Media. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jolly Olive, a.k.a. Jack. And joining me is a guy that I barely recognize right now because look at his goddamn hair. It's Jerry Blevins. Jerry, tell me about the short hair, man. Oh, man. Uh, long time coming. I've, I've been kind of getting over the process, but having long hair and the, the time it took to grow it out um you don't want to make like a rash decision and get a cut so um like last thursday i went and got a trim and the the stylist talked me out of getting like a new style and so i was oh. like cool i'll just get a trim and like by sunday i was like uh uh-uh. I, I i i need it gone and so my wife cut it on monday Wow. Okay. I so, like it, man. It's comfy. I can like yeah. rub my scalp right now. You know, when I'm, wa- I put this morning in the, in the, sh- in the shower, I put like way too much shampoo and conditioner in my hands just out of habit. Yeah, of course. I was like, mm, that's unnecessary, <laughs> but I feel better. I feel faster to be honest. I feel more aerodynamic, ready to go. Yeah. The first thing I said to you was like, get 10 pounds just off your head. Like you got to be feeling more agile, you know? I think I'm taller too. Now my neck, like it's gotta be. Yeah, we're good, though. But I feel good. I'm happy. I like it. My wife did a good job, man. She did do a good job. I didn't know she cut it. She really crushed it. Looks nice. I feel like this is this is my adult cut. This is like my 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 grown man haircut. Many fans are saying that you're going to enter your 2018 DeGrom phase now because you cut your hair. So I'm looking forward to that. That it literally, I uh, I would come out of retirement just to test the waters to, if I could just ascend to another level of greatness like Degrom did. So, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, for those that follow us on social media, you know that today is our second voicemail episode ever. Last time we got about like seven calls. This time we got over twenty calls. So we got a lot of great questions. We really appreciate you guys participating. With that being said, we're going to get to as many as we possibly can, which is why we're kind of scurrying through the intro here to get uh, started on these. If we don't get to your question now, we definitely will in a future episode. I kind of want to do it like first come, first serve, that kind of thing. This is you know? this is why we exist to to talk about the Mets and to interact with the fans. And so that's this is exciting. So let's let's dive right in if you want. Let's do it, man. I'm going to play it through my phone like last time because that seemed to work. Use the power of editing. Oh, yeah, of course. The editing magic, you know. All right, here we go. First question comes from Alex. Hey, guys, uh, this is Alex. Love the show. Uh, My question for Jerry is who was the most underrated player he played with on the Mets? All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Lots of good choices here. So who is the most underrated player I played with on the Mets? Uh, I, let me, let, give me, give me a sec here because I don't want to sell anybody short. Definitely think about it. Cause you have, you have a lot of rosters to choose from here. I know like when we had Ty Kelly on, we talked a lot about like TJ Rivera and Addison. Reed. I mean, TJ Rivera was so good, but I don't think he had like a long enough run. Right. Truly qualify. No, no offense to TJ Rivera because I think he was, he was excellent. I, I, I want to lean towards the bullpen and, and bring up old friend Addison Reed and yeah. think about how good he was. So good. Let me think. I'm I like to how think hard of, you're thinking about this. I, gonna, well, you know, it's a good question, and, and I want to give it respect. Um, <laughs> the most underrated or underappreciated. Yeah, Adam Addison Reed has a Met 142 innings, 2.09 ERA, 9.9 K per nine, 1.0 whip. Crazy. That's pretty absurd. Like, that's crazy. Those are some absurd stats. Nuts. Um, 
can Lucas Duda count? Because I think Lucas Duda can definitely count. We can talk about Duda. He's for he'll he'll forever be underappreciated. Um, he played a solid, like above solid first base. He was really good with the glove, but he'll never get the attention for it. Um, scooped a lot of things. Um, had a really good two year stretch, 2014 to 2015, that I think just doesn't get talked about enough, honestly. Yeah, I think, I think he was, he's up there. Uh, I just want, I want to give this justice. Well, Alex with a good question. That's great great first question. I got to say, yeah, a lot of good choices here too. Yep. I mean, there's, there's no, all right. I already got the answer. Uh, and it's, and it's, I, I already know. I just saw it and I'm sad. I, as Drupal Cabrera, there it is. So as Drupal Cabrera came over to the Mets is kind of like a last minute fill in a little bit. And he's older. The guy's still playing. He's still doing well. He just solidified. He became our shortstop and he played like a plus. He had, didn't have the greatest range like he did when he was in Cleveland, but he made all of the plays that he could get to, and he was clutch, man. I think he, I think he is going to be um, a Met that Mets fans appreciate, like in the next five years, like afterward to look back on, and then you really look at kind of what he did and contributed. The guy was an unbelievable player, also a really solid teammate, um, and just a good human being. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with with as Drupal Cabrera for that answer. I really like that pick, especially because um, he was last second, like you mentioned, because we lost out on Murphy and then replaced him with Walker. And like, we weren't going to have Wilmer Flores play short another year. I mean, he was here for only two and a half years because they traded him in 17 or 18, I believe. Um, But during his time, I mean, 117 OPS plus, I mean, 55 bombs, a lot of clutch hits, obviously the three run homer against the Phillies. And you know what, like solid defense, which we didn't have back then for a lot of the time. So I think that's a great pick. That's the key for me is like, well, that was an era of Mets where we just didn't care at all about defense. Yeah. And, you know, having having played against him in the AL and watched him do his magic in Cleveland um, and then to see him do it firsthand, the guy just knows how to use his glove. It was wonderful. He's one of those guys that like when you're practicing and you watch him feel ground balls, it's just a, like just a different level. And so I, I always think he's going to be underappreciated. Uh, as a Met. And I think, like I said, once time kind of rolls on his time with the Mets, I think he's going to be one that, that people really do appreciate. Like that. Hey, well, that's a great first question from Alex. Ah, Thank you, man. Start. All right. Ready to keep trucking on. Thank you, Alex. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. This one comes from Rich from New Jersey. Shout out New Jersey. What's up, guys? This is uh, Rich from Jersey. Um, so the lockout sucks, but Basically, the, like, optimist in me is, you know, thinking that, all right, shortened season, less innings that we need out of Jake and Max, and, you know, hopefully they're a little uh, fresher for playoffs. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Thanks. That's an interesting point. Oh, you go ahead. Jump. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, so I don't necessarily agree with the the Jacob deGrom is injury-prone notion because we've only really seen that for, like, the 2020 shortened season, which was weird, and then last season, which, you know, Fair point there. Uh, I do think that Jacob DeGrom is fully capable of giving us 25 to 30 starts on a regular season schedule. And I think that Max Scherzer only really ran out of gas because of how much the Dodgers were using him down the stretch. He told the media he got dead arm because I think he was pitching on like three days rest or something. So even if we were to play the full 162, I'm not worried about those guys as much as a lot of other Mets fans are. That being said, 
the delay does kind of help in that way a little bit. You have to worry, you get to worry about it a little bit less because now you only really need them to make 20 to 25 instead of 25 to 30. And those five starts can make a lot of difference. So that's a good point. Uh, I, I get it. I like the sentiment and he's right. It sucks, but <laughs> to, to me, the, the it's, there's no silver lining to less Jacob deGrom pitching and Max Scherzer. Yeah. I'm just trying to find bright spots whenever I can. The, between the pandemic and the, the issues he had because of the pandemic last year. And then the fiasco that is this CBA negotiation, like we've been deprived of something special a little bit. And it makes me sad. I think it's something that when we look back on in 15, 20 years, we'd be like, damn it. I wish we could have seen him play a little bit more. Hopefully he's got about three or four more unbelievable years, but uh, in DeGrom, but I, you know, as long as those two are on your team, I'm happy with whatever the season. And it's an advantage for us no matter what. But I, I, I don't see the, the innings limit being an issue. So I like that answer. Yeah, so it's an interesting point to raise. But I think we both have fair confidence in those guys that, like, it won't be so much of an issue. Okay, now we got an Aaron Loop-related question, which I know you'll love. I'm a fan. I don't have a, I don't have a bush light, but I will drink some. I don't have one on hand. Let's just pretend it's in the mug. Yeah, you're pounding bush light at what ten in the morning? I wonder if anybody's ever drank bush light out of a coffee mug before. It's kind of like really. I don't. I wouldn't call it fancy. Just like more sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's question number three. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm just wondering if getting rid of Aaron Loop is. I'm not getting rid of letting him sign with another team. That's gonna just screw the pooch uh, on the bullpen because. Love getting Scherzer. Feel like we could use another arm in, in that starting five rotation. But uh, our bullpen is pretty rough, in my opinion. And uh, Aaron Loop was definitely the uh, bright spot. And I'm just a little nervous that we're going to be relying on on some uh, not-so-savory fellas. So love the show. Uh, let me know that I could rest easy knowing that Loop is not a Met anymore. Okay. You want to start this one off or not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we're going to miss him. That's a fact. Uh, even if we did resign him though, I'm not sure that he could live up to the level that he pitched the year before. It's just almost insane to think that he could repeat because he didn't do anything very different, uh, mechanically or stuff wise that would say that this season wasn't an outlier on the high side. So I think he would have regressed back to kind of his career levels, which would have been a disappointment from the Mets side. So I understand the front office letting him go um, for the contract that he got. I, <laughs> It's going to be a hole. We definitely need one more out there. We 100% need that. Um, but I still like our, I still like our, our chances in the bullpen. I think we have a good bullpen. We've, we've got, Edwin Diaz at the back. We've got Trevor May, Miguel Castro, Drew Smith. Um, I think we might go out and get Familia again, but we do need a lefty. I think that's a big, that's a big thing we still need to get. Um, there's a hole. We're definitely going to miss him. Our team isn't better by letting him go. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, but, but we can still do some magical things there. Yeah, the, the points I wanted to make are, one, the bullpen that we still have here is pretty good. Uh, Edwin Diaz, Miguel Castro, Trevor May, 
uh, Seth Lugo and Drew Smith and Trevor Williams all pitched above 30 innings and had an ERA below 3.5. So that's like nice consistency throughout your entire bullpen. The point that Jerry made that I really want to reiterate is that we don't have a lefty and you definitely need a lefty in there. And the market for lefties right now is pretty rough. It's kind of slim pickings. We've mentioned Andrew Chafin before. We've also mentioned Chase and Shreve as sort of like an under the radar option from the Pirates. Uh, someone also brought to my attention uh, a guy, Adam Conley. He used to pitch for the Marlins. He's converted from a starter to a reliever. Got great numbers on his slider. He's another sneaky pick. So the Mets have a really good analytics department now, and they're going to be able to find and enrich guys like that. So I'm not totally worried. They will find a lefty somewhere. You're going to you're gonna need a lefty guy because, yeah. of, because of the NL East, man. All the, you know, depending on where Freddie Freeman ends up, but, you know, you got Harper, you've got Freeman, like you, you have big outs to get from the left side and you're going to need any advantage you can get. Not even just that, like you're going to need a guy to mix it up to where he's they're just seeing something different. So they definitely need one lefty. One lefty is bare minimum. I'd feel much better with two, but that's a whole nother discussion. So as long as they can get one on the board, I wouldn't worry too much. You about know that. where I stand on the lefties. Yeah, get three. The more the merrier, man. Fill them all up with lefties. Just a bullpen of seven lefties. Who, whose question was that? Uh, we did not get a name, unfortunately. All right, you're that's uh, Phil from Brookhaven. Like that. That was Phil from Brookhaven. Yeah, I like that. He seems like a Brookhaven kind of guy, right? Let's see. Oh, we have a second time caller here, which I like. I'll let I'll let him surprise you though. Let's see if you remember him. Hi, Jolly. Hey, Jerry. Uh, this is Lefty Ned. I called the first time. I'm not a lefty, but I like the nickname. Uh, my question is for Jerry specifically. Uh, being a former player, what was your experience with the MLBPA? Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that the public doesn't really know about them. I kind of want to hear an insider's perspective on how they operate. Uh, thank you. Goodbye. I do remember Lefty Ned. That was a fun one. Thank you for calling back, man. Um, I was heavily involved in the PA, so I am a pro-labor guy. Um, from my time in Oakland, I was a player rep moving over to DC. I was on the executive subcommittee, which is what Scherzer's on now, um, for a couple of years. I was heavily involved. I love it. It's a brotherhood. There's, there's basically, I always like to say there's two jobs of the players association. One is making sure players are being taken care of, um, you know, from a salary standpoint, but more importantly, like when I was coming up, like when I was first, uh, 07 was my first year coming up in the A's, it was nutrition and weight room. So making sure that guys are getting, have availability to get decent food because we're at the field all the time, making sure that they're being provided with a chance to have some good nutritious food. That was a big thing uh, and access to the weight room. And so that was a fight that we had to make where teams would have to make the visiting team available. So it's one, making sure salaries and, and health and all these things are from a player's perspective are being taken care of, not just players, but coaches. Um, and then on the other side of it is to make sure that MLB doesn't mess up the game. Like it's legitimately, you know, in this new CBA, there was talk of them implementing new rules within 45 days. So they bring a new rule. The MLB commissioner's office presents a new rule to the players association. We reject it. And then the next year, if they propose it and we reject it, they can implement it in. They want our feedback because we play the games. They have no idea. So it's simple. Like you think about, here's some of the silly 
rules that have been suggested to us well, on the players association side. So they took a poll and they said, all right, we need to like, everything is making this exciting for the new generation of fans. That's the only thing they care about is numbers watching the game. And that's fine. One of the rules or the things they pulled was like, people think stolen bases are exciting. So instead of incentivizing stolen bases by paying guys more that steal bases or, you know, making it like that, they wanted to make it easier to steal bases. And so you couldn't pick to first was without stepping off the rubber first. Okay. I was like, well, like you you think about me as a lefty, right? (laughs) I'm, I'm standing here. I pick my leg up and make like a good move. I can't do that. It's a balk. I have to step off and go. So literally anytime I would have to lift my leg, they're, they're taking off. So they, they, they do things like that. Um, the, like there's, there's just a bunch of like little suggestions like that, that they come up with. Um, you can't pick over twice in an AB. You can only do it once. So you got to pick your battles like things. They're like, Stolen bases are good. So let's what's deterring stolen bases. Let's eliminate that. So they don't think about things from a grand perspective. They're just like stolen base is good. Let's make it easy. And so baseball is like the players association are to make sure players are, are being taken care of and things are on the up and up there. And to make sure that MLB is not messing up the game with doing stupid things to the game for no reason. So I think that's a common misconception uh, that, that, the PA is only about money, which is, it's a big deal. The the economics of the game are a big deal, but a lot of it is rule implementation and pitch clocks and all these, then trying to, trying to get MLB to put the netting up for, to save the fans. Like that was a big push from us, all those things. So that's one of them. I like the way that you uh, characterize the PA there as a sort of a brotherhood. Cause that's, you know, that's really what it seems like. So guys that are kind of in the same plight, they have the same struggles as one another because they have the same job. So, I mean, yeah, you see like Max Scherzer's at the forefront here and he's battling. He, he's going to make his money regardless, but he's, he's fighting for the guys. The, they changed the game. They changed the narrative for, for baseball. They decided they wanted to value younger guys more. And the guys get taken advantage of in their career. So they're not paying the guys later in their career, which is fine. You know, they're, they realize that they don't like that as much. So now you have to fill in that gap somewhere. And they're refusing to say they want to keep the same system without changing it, even though they changed it. So I don't know. They handed it to us this last CBA. They took advantage of it and we wore it because we signed that contract and the players are like fine you don't want to do that we have a cba we're not going to we're not going to we're going to work through it and then when when it comes back we'll we'll you took advantage of it we see it and now let's get back to the middle and they're refusing to move off of that same advantageous position for no reason like i, I don't know i don't know and uh, i think one thing i want to point out about max scherzer that i think a lot of people who are uh, reactionary are forgetting So Max Scherzer was not always a $40 million man. Uh, The year before he won the Cy Young in Detroit, which was 2013, he had to fight tooth and nail in arbitration to get, I think, a $6 million salary. And his relationship with the Tigers was really worsened so much that when he hit free agency the next year, uh, even though they entertained some pretty good offers for him, he went straight to the Nationals because I, I think, you know, that sort of like created the mentality he has now of like wanting to be part of teams that want to spend money and stuff like that. And like, 
I'm not accusing the Tigers of cutting corners, but there was definitely like some nasty feelings there that lingered throughout his Cy Young season. Um, the arbitration process is kind of, <laughs> you learn quickly, having gone through it myself, you learn quickly that during arbitration, there is no feelings. There is no sentiment involved. It is strictly, it's really strange. Like I could, we could do an episode on that if you want, but you're sitting at this table with three, three panelists, three judges that are going to decide your case. And you realize that the, the job of the team is to pay you as little as they can. It's legitimately their job. There's no feelings involved. They just say, all right, we are going to pay you the least amount we can. And that's the bottom line. And then you realize that it's not baseball, it's business. That's So they're going to trash you. They're going to tell you how bad you are. And it's your job to be like, well, I'm not that bad. I'm kind of this good. So you know, it's crazy. So there's a business side. There's a whole ugly, you know, the wizard behind the curtain, you get a peek and it's different. So if you can turn off your feelings, like I, I was capable of doing and just be like, all right, this is a business. This is a separate thing. I love my team. I love my teammates. I love my coaches. I even like the front office and, and everybody. This isn't about that. This is about business. And so if you look at it from those standpoint, it, it kind of taints the game a little bit, but it is it is how the system is set up. So a great question there from our friend Lefty Ned. Appreciate you calling again, man. Lefty Ned. Thanks for calling back, man. What a legend. I kind of like Ned's cadence too. He sounds good on the phone. Yeah, right. You got like a like a unique, unique sound. Oh, this is a good question. Here we go. From Bobby. Hey, Jolly and Jerry. This is Bobby from Moffinger's Falls, New York. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, I'm curious about the Shea Station origin story, you know, how did it come about? Which one of you was on board first? How'd you guys meet? Uh, was Jerry nervous to meet Jolly? Was Jolly nervous to meet Jerry? Did you guys hit it off right away? Um, did either of you get bit by a radioactive spider? Um, I think that's about it. Love the show, guys. Hope this lockout ends soon so we can talk more about the Mets. But, uh, yeah, excited to hear the episode. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So you, you take this one. This is an easy one. Yeah. I feel like we can, we can do like a two sides here. Um, yeah. I got to Jumbo media a little bit before Jerry did, uh, I believe at the end of July, right. When they got back from the all-star break uh, in Colorado. Uh, and you know, one of the first things that they wanted me to do was launch a podcast of some sort. And they knew I was a Mets fan and they knew it was a New York media company. So it kind of made perfect sense to, just go straight into that lane. So I had about a couple of weeks to conceptualize everything, like the name, what I wanted for the logo, uh, how the shows were going to run structurally. And then the most important part was who is I going to do the show with? Um, they had some poll with some other uh, former Mets that I won't name for privacy's sake. Uh, but at the top of my list, because I had listened to a lot of Shea Anything on SNY, and I, of course, had heard you done some stuff on SNY itself. My top pick was Jerry, because I knew that Jerry uh, was a media personality. I felt that this would be a nice branch off for him to, you know, get some more exposure and stuff like that. And I just felt like it was a good pairing. Uh, so he was at the top of my list. And then I think like that week they were able to get in contact uh, with your agent. And it was just by like happenstance, I think, because I think he had actually corresponded with them before they even knew that I requested. So kind of it really worked out that way. Yeah, that's that's basically the truth. That's that's the full run of it. Jolly was on board, started the whole thing. Um, I had just got done playing. I had just hired my agent. Shout out to Gideon Cohen of Excel. 
Um, and he was like, look, I, I think this is kind of the future of broadcasting. You do great on S and Y you do your thing. He goes, but this is a company I see growing. And so I kind of followed John boy a little bit and took a look at things. And then the, the offer was made. I was like, I would love to, uh, to join. I obviously I love the Mets and I love the company and I've been, it's been one of the biggest blessings of my post-playing career is to have a partner like Jolly Aww. to be a part of Shea Station, but also to be a part of the broader company of John Boy, because I really do love the company. I'm excited. I just renewed my contract. Like, or we're, we're talking about it right now, like signing it um, for, for the next year. We're going out to Arizona, March 10th through the 17th. Like it's a company thing. It, it feels like a family. Um, they put out wonderful content. I now watch so much YouTube that I never did before watching, you know, <laughs> the, I still have to watch NL's craziest opening day starters. I Jerry watch watches a lot of my videos. He's a dedicated <laughs> fan. I, I do. That. I told, I told Jolly the other day, I, I spent like 15 minutes just going through and liking all of his stuff, but I do, I, I, I'm learning, adapting with this new kind of era of consumption of media. And I feel like John boy is at the, the precipice of being a giant amongst others and so i'm just happy to be a part of it and the the shea station has been you know my you know solidarity in, in this crazy pandemic time and and staying in touch with mets yeah i mean it's it's been great even though when we started shea station was immediately when the mets choked out of first place and then we went into <laughs> the off season and then jerry missed the scherzer episode because he was sick and now we're yeah, locked COVID out. hit me yeah like shea station could have very easily been a burnout and it's it's gone really well so like thank you to you guys obviously but you know this is it's just kind of it worked out really well and uh, uh as for the first time that we met i believe it was when jerry came to the bronx we were still at the bronx office we uh, played some Mario Kart together, which was absolutely thrilling. That was a blast. It was a good time. Jerry did talk in baseball. That's your header on Twitter, I think, right? Yeah, man. Me, you, Joe's, and Jake playing some Mario Kart 64. Yeah, man. It's the highlight of my life. Come on. I love I love regular media. I love broadcasting. I love working with SNY. I like doing the pre and post game. I really do enjoy that part. But this is just a different a different avenue. Right. Uh, I love radio too. I got to do that. Like, it's fun, man. I love baseball. I love being around it. And this is just a direct, a more direct interaction with fans because I mean, we're doing a Q and a right now, like a, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. And it's, it's a lot faster paced and we can do it on the fly. Um, it's fun, man. And like you said, we, we started chase station when the Mets collapsed, pretty much the worst timing possible. They collapsed. <laughs> and then, the big disappointment of last year. And now it's uh, in a postponement of games with this lockout. Like it couldn't be, it, it couldn't have been a worse time to start a Mets podcast, but we're still, we're doing well. I love it. The, the fan interaction has been great. Um, let's just hope we get some games going and we can, we can keep, you know, having sunshine a little bit more. Yeah, seriously. We're going to get to like episode 50 without like a good Mets series to calm. So I'm just <laughs> biding my time waiting. Um, yeah. And if you guys missed when Jerry was talking there, we are going to Arizona as a company a week from today. Lots of content is going to come out. The very first in-person next to each other, Shea Station episodes are going to come out. That's going to be exciting and plenty of other stuff on the way. So definitely look forward to that. Uh, make sure you're tapped into all John Boy channels to see all the content that's going to flow through uh, in the coming month. You ready for another question, Jerry? 
Yeah, yeah. Wait, who was that last one too? This was uh, from uh, Bobby from Weapons Falls. Uh, Bobby from Blibs. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Wappinger Falls. Wappinger Falls. That's. I think I'm saying that right. Hopefully, I'm sure you are. I'm not. <laughs> All right. This one's from. Let's see. This one is from. Do we have a name here? Oh, it's from Idaho. Another second caller. Love that. Look at this. Oh, hang on. Okay, he called twice because in the first one his dog started barking. I'm gonna play it because it's really funny. <laughs> hey, Joe. Hey, Jerry. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, this is uh, Idaho. You guys remember from last voicemail episode. My name is actually John. Uh, and I was just, you know, reminiscing, uh, thinking, you know, we do have the best booth in baseball, that's for sure. So I was just uh, wondering you know, what. And I'm going to call again. The dogs are yelling. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting like a Tyrannosaurus bark. That is a big dog bark. Okay. And then I'll take it past the intro here. Idaho's in the house. John. I never remember love getting, it. you know, blown out in embarrassing fashion, unfortunately. Uh, that we do, still do have the best booth in baseball, and it's such a joy to tune in and listen to Gary, Keith, and Ron, and Steve uh, chat about the game. It's so much fun. So I was just wondering what your guys' favorite moments are uh, from them in the booth. And uh, bonus non-Mets question, what's your go-to uh, road trip snack? Thanks, guys. Let's go, man. Like that. All right. What was the second part? What's our go-to what? Ro- uh, road trip snack. Oh, my gosh. I'm, okay. I'm going to address the snack first. John from Idaho. Thank you, man. Um I'm a salty guy. I, I want some chips, you know, like um, some cheddar sour cream ruffles. Like we're talking about gas station on the road. Yeah, like yeah. you're filling up, you got to go. So top three, I'm going cheddar and sour cream ruffles. I'm going to get some Airheads Extremes. Mm. You know, the the little ropes that look like rainbows. Unbelievable. If they don't have those like a Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. And then um, I'm probably going to get some like pizzeria pizza pretzel combos. Mm. You stole my answer there a little bit because uh, yeah. I was going to say pizza combos. It depends on the length of the trip for me. If it's like a shorter road trip, I'll get my jalapeno kettle cooked. Yeah, I can do it. jalapeno kettle cooked chips of any brand is unbelievable. I'm, I'm with you on that. If it's a little bit of a longer trip, though, I'm going to get a nice box of toasted Cheez-Its. I'm going to attack toasted those. Toasted Cheez-Its. Okay. That's the ones that are a little bit crispier, a little bit more burnt. Yeah, a little bit. Cool. That's cool. If you had to go chocolate, what are you getting? Like uh, sweet? Uh, I am i don't have a sweet tooth that much, but I do like sweet and savory. So I'd get like chocolate pretzels, maybe dark chocolate, not a milk chocolate guy. I'm getting like a, a whatchamacallit or um, a Kit Kat of some like sort. A little wafer? I like yeah, that. If I had to go chocolate. But- you know, I used to chew tobacco, unfortunately, for a long time. It's oh, been didn't know that this is like year 10 that I've been quit. I've quit, nice. but I quit you. and it was uh, the wintergreen lifesavers. Mm. And I still keep those on hand because um, I love them and I love the the flavor. Hey, listen, you're a ball player. It's part of the culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was actually from college, more about studying and trying to read like 200 pages. My ADHD brain needed distraction. So it was like music, Need something. Yeah. Yeah, so. everyone's got advice. Uh, but there was a uh, first part to that question, which was a favorite booth moment from the SNY guys, Gary, Keith and Ron. I'm going to bow out of this That's because fair. I don't you know, I wasn't on the receiving end of all these calls. Um, they are legendary. I, you know, we have the best booth. We also have the best radio. Howie Rose is unbelievable on that side. Yeah, Wayne's unbelievable. Uh, so I, I can't. I, the whole 2015 season, I, I got to listen to the TV and the radio 
you know, calls because I was in there. I don't have a favorite moment because I was playing. This will be new for me. So I'll let you take the take the wheel here. Yeah, the, the first videos that I ever did were actually not featuring my commentary at all. It was just compilations of my favorite moments from Gary, Keith and Ron. So I'm, I'm well versed here. Um, I love that. It, this one isn't like a specific moment, but Gary Cohen, whenever he sees a hot dog with ketchup on it, will make a scene, which I think is really funny because he just thinks it's sacrilege. He doesn't understand it. He's a hot dog with mustard guy. I really like that. Um, the one I'm thinking of is when the Mets were playing, I think the Diamondbacks uh, in Arizona and some pretty looking lady was on the uh, feed of SNY and she had a big hot dog. And uh, Gary says, you know, I look at the size of that thing. Or Keith says that, excuse me, long pause, like 15, 20 second pause. Cause they're like, is he going to say it? Is he going to talk about it? That is a $25 hot dog folks. My goodness. How much meat is in a $25 hot dog? I mean, a few pounds, right? I wasn't talking about the hot dog. <laughs> I feel like Keith, he's, he's really good at it, but I, I never, I feel like he's like, man, I'm going to do something else. I'm bored. It's Keith Hernandez. He can do that. You know, uh, that's what I mean. Uh, it's good to know that Gary hates ketchup on hot dogs um, because I'm a ketchup on a hot dog kind of guy. Oh, no. Yeah. So I'll have to bring that up. I think it'll get a little bad at you. I just don't like, I don't like mustard, man. You don't like mustard at all? Not yellow mustard. Not like ballpark mustard. It's like, like honey I mustard. If I, put, if I put ballpark mustard on anything like yellow mustard, I can't taste anything else but the mustard. Really? Like it's such a strong flavor. It's like, it doesn't, I can't, I just, it just tastes like I'm chewing on, on mustard. I mean, listen, like it, ketchup and mustard together is what I do. And I think that's great. Honey mustard. I think honey mustard is like Dude, honey mustard may be the best condiment of all time. Okay. Yeah. I, I even like spicy mustard, but yeah. like yellow, yellow mustard is too much for me. Okay. If I had an option, I'm talking, I'm taking a chili cheese dog 100% of the time. Of course. But of course. if we're just going, you know, simple, I'm just putting a, just a, just a little bit of ketchup. Listen, as long as you're not eating naked hot dogs, that's, that's all I ask. That's a little bit crazy. All right. Without a bun, just like yeah, holding just a the... straight wiener, <laughs> straight wiener. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Let's see. Let's see. Okay, this is a good one. Here's like an actual Mets-related question about players and stuff. All right. From Caesar, I believe. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Jolly. Appreciate uh, you guys doing this again. Uh, my name's Caesar Pena over here uh, in San Francisco. Um, I grew up in Connecticut and became a Mets fan uh, pretty much like everybody else did because their dad was a Mets fan. So uh, my question for you guys is, is a two-part question. One is, if you would like to see the Mets extend Brandon Nimmo, what do you think that extension would look like? And then since Brandon Nimmo has stated that he wants to play center field, would you entertain that given Marte's age and the likelihood that he will slide over to a corner spot sometime during his contract? Appreciate it. Love the pod. Excited uh, to uh, hear this episode. Thanks. Okay. Uh, shout out to Cesar from San Francisco. Having lived there, I miss San Francisco a little bit, man. It's beautiful out there. I love fall weather, and it's fall every single day of the year there. <laughs> I love fall weather. It's my favorite season. We, we, we get like two weeks of fall in the Northeast. It's, it's warming up here, so we yeah. get a little bit of spring coming up. It's fun. Um, so this is a two-parter. So an extension for Brandon Nemo. I'm going for it now. I think he's – He's going to hit free agency. I'm trying to extend him on a, on a cheaper deal now, uh, which I don't think will happen. 
and he's going to get it'll be interesting to see what he gets I'm, I'm not sure the parameters what it looks like but on the second part of that he wants to play center field uh i am not entertaining that starling Marte is a better center fielder and nemo is not great in center field he's solid he he had he's very decent but Marte is a plus outfielder that am I is that safe to say Jolly yes absolutely okay so then Nimmo's limited abilities become better served in one of the corner outfield spots I think for his sake it's harder to get used to the ball coming off the bat so if he's a left fielder he's only going to play left field or if he's a right fielder he's only going to play right field whatever the case may be he has to stay there. He has to take fly balls from only there. And that's his position. I I don't, I understand and respect the fact that he wants to play there. Just like I respect the fact that Pete wants to play first base. Dom is better defensively than you are. You, you can play it every once in a while, but if we're putting this team together, it's not about you. We're going to keep you happy, but you have to do what's best for the team. And Dom is better at first base and Starling Marte is better at center field. It's very simple. I mean, if it becomes like you can't, you're not hitting because you're not playing defense. Like some people can't do both. Like some people can't DH. It's just not in their their blood. Then you'll make an adjustment. Like if if Nimmo just can't play left field uh, because he he just can't get a read off the ball because of the way it moves. Um, so be it. But to me, it like thank you and I appreciate your input and I would love to accommodate you. But it doesn't best serve the team. So I like both your answers there. I'm obviously on the Nimmo extension train as well. He's going to hit free agency after this season in 2023. Uh, The thing with that is that he just hired Scott Boris, which normally means that uh, you're going to get a nice uh, payday wherever you end up. Uh, For Nimmo, he hasn't played over 100 games since 2018. He's only done it one time. So there is the injury risk there. That being said, um, in 2022, if Nimmo plays the full season, uh, he's going to have a lot of choices and a lot of options come in there because the main thing that I think scares away the Mets and other teams potentially in free agency is the injury risk. Uh, as for the center field question, Nimmo did have his best fielding season last year. I felt that he improved a lot in center field. I think he really put the work in to get better at uh, getting a great jump and you know extending his range. And I think he started back on the ball a little bit more, gave himself a little bit more space to work with. That being said, Starling Marte has been a plus center fielder for almost 10 years now. And I know that he's a little bit on the older side at 34 years old, but he's going to be able to play center for a couple more years, maybe even the entirety of his contract. Um, So if Nimmo wants to play center, that could be a discouraging factor from him returning to the Mets on a longer deal. And that's something they do have to think about. Um, But you don't, there's not a lot of 400 OBP guys just floating around in MLB right now. And Nimmo is one of them. So the Mets do have a tough decision on their hands. They could extend him right now, a little bit on the cheaper side, bank on 2022 being a similar Nimmo story and get him cheap there, or just let things unfold as they may. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're going to get him on the cheap side, especially signing Boris. If he, he plays a full year healthy here, he's going to demand a big paycheck. But he's not like a he's he's gonna be entering his age 29 season. So it's not like you're choosing youth over age and him versus Marte. They're both not super young. Like obviously 29 is not old, but um, you know, if you sign him to a five-year deal, he's gonna be 34, 35. That's that's much different, you know, to play center field. So uh I love Nemo. I'm I'm all I've always been team Nemo. I love his style, I love what he brings to the to a team. I think he's a key piece 
Um, but I don't think you're going to sign him cheap. You're going to have to to hit the free agent market. And if he plays a full season, he's going to be expensive. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summation of the answer there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have because you have a great player uh, and you have him unlocked for 2022. It's just what comes after. And there's always great outfielders on the market. So Nemo is a guy that you can replace with somebody else. Uh, but he does bring an X factor to the table at the top of the lineup with just that those crazy on-base numbers. So it's an interesting predicament. Let's see what we got next. Linda from New York. How about that? Love it. Love to hear the female voice represented. Yeah, nice. First woman caller. Love that. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jerry. Linda from New York. Um, I am actually a big Mets fan, season ticket holder, and my son is a Braves fan. So, yeah, this mother did take her 37-year-old son to World Series Game 3 last fall, and we had a blast. But I'm in Arizona right now visiting my son, and obviously two of the games I was supposed to go to are canceled. So, Jerry, I miss your Hello, Jerry episodes on SNY. Give me some ideas of what else I can do since there's no baseball. Thanks, guys. Love the episodes. Thank you very much, Linda. Yeah, Linda, that's awesome. Sorry your son turned out to be such a little poop face. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's super cool. You got to go to the World Series and enjoy that. Like, what a memory. That's going to be something that, like, you know, he, he remembers for the rest of his life. And someday he's going to want to do that to, to his kids. He's 37. Uh, I'm 38. That would have been super cool um, to be able to, to go to the World Series. Uh, I almost went to the Super Bowl this year, but tickets were like $40,000. Yeah, I mean, and I prefer to watch, I prefer to consume football from my couch and watch because you can't like baseball is a fun, more fun live event than I right. think than football um, in person. But Linda, you know, you could do all sorts of things. College baseball right now is exploding. It is huge right now. All these, they're all the media outlets are scrambling. Um, there's going to be some content from John Boy out there. We got a Blitzball tournament going on right now. Mm -hmm. It's super fun to watch. Shea Station represented if you're if you're into that. Um, what else you got, Jolly? What can, what else can she do? I mean, on that Blitzball front, our next game, our episode comes out tonight. Uh, we're playing two former major leaguers, so that's going to be a really good uh, game to watch. Oh, we're facing forgotten rotten. Yeah, Trevor Plouffe and Vinny. Plouffe Rutino. and Vinny. Yeah, they're yeah we're attacking. Uh, as for, uh, I mean, other stuff, I'm, I'm, I too, I'm trying to find things to, to fill the time outside of baseball right now. I've been watching some basketball. I'm not a crazy basketball guy, but I have been learning a lot about college baseball, trying to get into that a little bit because uh, you need some substance there. I'm really hoping that teams will broadcast minor league games. I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. Um, and I think a lot of teams are scrambling to fill out the depth of their minor league teams now. So if you're in the area, go see a minor league game. Like I'm probably going to make the trek to Syracuse. It's going to be like a two and a half hour drive, but I want to go. I want to go to Binghamton. I want to see the baby Mets. Go check so, out our prospects. So this is directly to Linda. Your, your, your kids are grown up, but my family always enjoyed going to minor league games more than they did major league games. Obviously they loved me being in the big leagues and they loved watching the product. But the difference between the minor league season and minor league games and major league games, major league games are about the baseball on the field are about, you know, uh, the actual baseball, whereas minor league games are about the family experience, the experience at the ballpark. So if you go to a minor league game, I promise you, you will enjoy it. 
Um, they're much cheaper to get into. They're usually some type of entertainment going on. It's 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 a it's an awesome event. Syracuse is great. Uh, Brooklyn, what a what an oh, awesome yeah. venue to go to. Yeah, enjoy it. Get get out to some minor league games. Support some some up and comers. Yeah, that's my biggest suggestion. I'm gonna try and see every Mets affiliate. I can't do St. Lucie, obviously, because that's a little too far away. Um, but the Mets farm system is loaded up right now, and it's, the best part is that it's all dispersed. So you can, every game that you go to, regardless of the league, you'll see somebody that's gonna be somebody one day. So that's pretty cool. So that's my suggestion there, Linda. Thank you for the question. I hope you find some stuff to fill the void of MLB in your life. Okay, here we go. Hey Jerry, hey Jack. A uh, couple questions, one for one for Jerry and then one for both of you. So first one is uh, obviously losing Aaron Loop was kind of rough. Uh, so we're going to need a left-hander deliver. And I was wondering if uh, Mets legend Jerry Blevins would consider coming out of retirement to, uh, to do some work out of the bullpen. I, I, I could see him going sub-2 ERA this year. Uh, second off, uh, obviously Marte is a great on-base guy, but Nimmo's a beast too. Who do you see batting leadoff this year? Do you, do they switch it up or what? Well, what do you guys think the opening day lineup's going to be? Uh, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Have a good one. Awesome. Uh, don't know your name. You are Blue from Des Moines, Iowa. Like it. He's an umpire. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I will not be coming out of retirement. That ship has sailed. I'm helping out my my brother is the head coach at our alma mater high school. Shout out Arcadia. Um, and I was there yesterday for a couple hours watching some bullpens. Um, I'm an official assistant coach. So I've put a, I, I have a left-handed catcher's mitt. Like I, I've made the full transition. So, uh, I gave it a shot last year. Didn't make the team. So that, that ship has sailed. You'll, you'll find, uh, somebody out there. Like I said, though, I did just get my hair cut and I may be hitting that, you know, two times Cy Young back to back. Don't commit too soon to not coming back. We never I'm know. full commit. I'm out. You don't want me anymore. I'm washed. Uh, <laughs> but the second part, go ahead. You, you, you take this one. What's yeah. It's also kind of a two parter here. Cause it's like, who do you want to lead off? And then like, what does the lineup look like? Yep. Let's do lead off. Who do you want to lead off? So I think what a lot of people don't realize is that Past couple of years, Starling Marte has actually been a two hitter. Like with the Oakland A's, he was primarily a two hitter. The Marlins had him batting second. And I just think that like Nimmo is so accustomed to being the leadoff hitter now. And he's gotten so good at it at just manufacturing walks and hit by pitches and getting on base that I wouldn't move him. I personally wouldn't touch him. Then you can kind of lean into the lefty righty, lefty righty thing that a lot of major league teams are into right now. I, I agree. Nimmo's Nimmo's our leadoff guy. Yeah. So I, I his, the, his style, his, his patience at the plate, the way he works a pitcher is ideal for the leadoff spot. Yeah. And I know like traditional fans would be like, well, Marte stole 47 bases last year. Don't you want that at the top of your lineup? There is a, a point to be made there, but I do believe the most important thing is just getting a guy on base in the first place. And Marte is a guy that's not going to get doubled up. So it's not like you're going to hit into double plays right after. So I think it's perfectly fine. If you want to do it the other way, I think it works that way too. But in my mind, I see like Lindor as the three hitter and then Alonso is the four. So you go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, get that nice alternation there. Uh, and then from there, like you can kind of have fun with it. Like you have Mark Canna and Eddie Escobar in the mix. You have a lot of platoon options. So I definitely think the Mets are going to lean into that lefty, righty, lefty, righty thing. Yeah. I mean, it's Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonso for me. Those are the, yeah. the lock at the top four. And then you've got, you know, like you said, Mark Canna, you've got um, McNeil, you've got Robbie Cano back there. You've got Eddie Escobar and you've got McCann Nito um, on top of what do you do with Dom if you got the DH. 
So, but the top four is a lock and then you kind of, you, you play a little bit of matchup from, from there on out. I don't think, I don't care who's starting lefty righty. Those top four for me are a lock until they prove otherwise. Same. I definitely agree with that. The, the other four is kind of just in limbo a little bit and like, that's okay. You kind of got to play who's hot, who's not. Uh, what's the matchup. But I think that top four, don't be surprised if that's static for like pretty much the entire season. Yeah, I agree. I think if all things are are firing, all cylinders, um, that's the top four for, for the whole season. Gotcha. All right. And then we got one from my buddy Jackson, who I knew in high school. We went to high school together, a couple of Mets fans. Look at that. What's your high school? I just shouted out mine. What's yours? Uh, Indian Hills High School in Oakland. Shout out. Anyone listening from the uh, Alma Rana there? What's your mascot? Uh, It's changing right now because I think a lot of people were upset over it. So (laughs) what was it? I think it was like a, like a brave, like a native. Yeah. Ours Arcadia Redskins. I don't see it changing anytime soon. We're, we're, I rally for it. I'm with you. I get it. I understand. All right, here we go. Hey guys, my name's Jackson, a friend of Jolly's from high school and a long time listener of the pod. Uh, what I'd love to ask you guys is if you could only get one more player onto the team post-lockout, who would it be? I see all this talk surrounding Chris Bryant, say a Suzuki, Carlos Rodon, et cetera, but I have my hesitations on all the options, and I'd love to get your opinions. Uh, thank, thanks, guys. I'll go first. Jackson, love it, man. Thank you. We're going to have the same answer here. There's a lot of talk with our, our rotation, and everybody thinks we need one more. I actually don't. I think our rotation is solid as is. If you throw in a guy, a bigger name, it's going to make your team better. I'm for that. But I think I think we're good there. Bullpen, we still need some help. We still need a lefty. But we still have good arms that could get both out if nothing happens there. But for me, we need Kyle Schwarber. We need a left-handed power bat. We need a guy to fill in Conforto shoes. We need a power lefty just to balance the lineup. If we added Kyle Schwarber and he's hitting right behind Pete Alonzo in that five spot, I mean, that is incredible. That changes a lot of things. He is my number one target and it's not even close. I knew we were going to have the same answer. Like it's, I mean, it's just, it makes, it's going to be tough. It really is going to be tough because Kyle Schwarber must have like 15 teams ready to give him what he wants. But just, we talked about the one through four. And imagine if you get to protect Pete Alonso with Kyle Schwarber, who just came off a monster season where he crushed everybody, including and especially the Mets. It just transforms your entire lineup. We haven't had that power from the left-hand side. We had it from Dom in 2020. That was more of like a doubles in the gap kind of thing. We didn't have it at all in 2021, and it was sorely, sorely missed. And also, we need a guy that can hit fastballs and crush fastballs because that was a kryptonite for this team, especially when they went on the downward spiral in the in the uh, the latter half there. And Kyle Schwarber has made his money throughout his entire career on just crushing fastballs and making sure high fastballs don't get by him. I think that it adds so many layers to your lineup. And I know that we do need a little bit more pitching, but do you know what helps with like having less pitching, having more offense, having more runs on the board to back those guys up. So my answer is Kyle Schwarber as well. I knew from the moment that the question was asked by uh, my good friend, Jackson, that both of our answers were going to be. The yeah. Same. And it, it, I'm still like, if, if Schwarber's not the answer, if he's seeking too many years and too much money because he's a strictly DH go after get Conforto back. Maybe you, you you might have to overpay for Schwarber. I'd rather underpay for Conforto, to be honest. But but I think Schwarber's bat fits our whole team a little bit better. 
Um, but I, I love, like, if you can snag Conforto back for cheap, yeah, I'm still a huge Conforto fan. I'm in the, uh, I will pay Kyle Schwimmer whatever he wants, if I'm being completely honest. Because if he doesn't, if he doesn't have to play the field and he just has to do what he's always done, I think his chances of getting injured is way less. And I think that, you know, City Field can be a, a nice home for him, honestly. Let me let me see how old Kyle Schwarber is. So 30, he's going, I think 32. That's my guess. He's going to be in 29. He's going to be 29. Young guy. Yeah. So he, yeah. Okay. I'm for that. If he All wants right. four years, give it to him. If he wants five, maybe. Why not? Yeah. He turns 29 uh, in two days. So happy early birthday to our man, Kyle Schwarber. Future Met. Like uh, also a fellow Ohio guy. He's from Middletown. Now it's got to happen. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, he's a, he's a fellow Buckeye. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it would just it would change everything. And I the Mets are going to have to compete with like the Red Sox, the Brewers are probably in on him, the Giants maybe, a lot of well, teams. What's good is that the, I can see the Giants kind of going after him a little bit, but I think uh, I think if we want him, and I think we do, I think you know Uncle Stevie's going to dig deep, which is another CBA issue because. All those small market teams are like, no, don't spend money. Don't <laughs> spend money. If you do, you need to give us luxury tax right. money. Of course. Which is a joke. I don't want to get into it. Sorry. Sorry. I got a little deep. I want to have like you and Trev sit down in Arizona and just vent for like two hours. I think that would be oh amazing. Gosh. You know, I don't want to get that on tape. I'll never get another job again. Maybe we'll like we'll like pitch your voice down, like Darth oh, Vader pitch it. So if they won't I could talk too. like Trevor May. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah, that is Trevor May's cadence. Right oh there. my god, he's unreal. <laughs> Between him, like when he's on baseball today, like shout out more John Boy. They got Chris Rose. Uh, Chris Rose is like a uh, a giant in the industry, as from broadcasting standpoint, and they he does our blitz ball. He does a podcast like he's awesome and a, and a tremendous dude. Also a Buckeye. Also, he's a Cleveland guy. Um, but between him and Trevor Maya on the same podcast, like on baseball today is so awesome to listen to because you have like just amazing, literally just tonal voices to hear. It's awesome. That was an emergency episode, too. I think Chris Rose called him about 15 minutes before they went live and they delivered like a must see episode of that. That was on Instagram Live. So definitely go yeah, check you that get, out. Like Trevor, Trevor talks about uh, his feelings and, and his approach. He's not hands on. He is 100 percent behind the union stands with his players. He knows what's going on, but he isn't in the rooms, which is I respect the hell out of it. Um, but he gives his pure opinions and, and I love it. And well, yeah. Jerry, we are officially pushing an hour. So I think we're, I think we're going to cap it off there. Do you have any more? Uh, we have like six more, but I oh, don't want to. Okay. So let's, oh my gosh, we have leftovers. Let's save them. Let's save them. Thank you guys. If we didn't get to your question, we definitely will in the future. They're not going anywhere. They'll be the first ones. Exactly. Maybe like a, if we have uh, time on one of the, our future episodes, we'll, we'll get to it quick and run down. Yeah, it's hacking on at the end. I like that. But yeah, I, we will definitely be doing this in the future because I think the first time we did it, not a lot of people knew. And as soon as they found out that we do these, they came in flocks to this one. So that was really cool. Thank you guys so much for calling. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. You got anything else, Jer? No, I'm, 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 uh, I'm all capped out here. I am as well. All right, guys. Well, for the Shea Station duo, I'm Jolly Olive. I'm Jerry Blevins. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Let's go Mets, baby. Let's go Mets. Strike three. A career high 15 strikeouts.
was left. 